This is 4H4U2, a podcast from the Mississippi State University Extension Service promoting 4-H programs and positive youth development. Here now your host, Dr. John Long and Kobe Rutherford. And we are back on the air. This is 4H4U2, and I'm John Long, your no. host. And I'm Kobe Rutherford. I got a little quick there, John. No, that's fine. That's fine. It's uh, We've had a lot of coffee. Well, not not you. You don't drink coffee, do you? I don't. No, no, but we had donuts this morning. so We did. We've got our sugar rush going. We've got summer celebration here uh, in the uh, Extension Boss building today. So that, And it's a Friday. Most importantly, so, most importantly, so we are uh, we're getting geared up for the weekend. So we are so delighted to have uh, Doctor Jessica Wells with us this morning. And uh, how are you doing this morning? Doing good. good we have been you. sitting here talking for like thirty <laughs> minutes, it seems, and just trying to catch up on some stuff that's been going on. So, uh, Jessica, um, tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, where you're from? And how you got to where you are now. Sure. So um, I am originally from South Mississippi, Ellisville area. Whoop, whoop. Yeah, free state Jones, of Jones. Jones County. Yeah. That's right. That's um, right. I grew up there, graduated. Have you seen that movie, by the way? I, you know, I have not. I've you seen, need to. I've seen pieces of it. But Very good movie. I, I'm sure it is. Yeah. Now, I saw all the hype over it when it was being filmed. Because, yeah. you know, being from there. Sure. It was, and it was filmed. Yeah. Everybody there. posted a picture with Matthew McConaughey because oh. he came through town. Well, sure, and, of course. Know. You know, I've met a guy that was actually in that movie. He uh, was an amputee. He was a veteran, uh-huh. uh, an amputee, and he's actually in the movie, well, as a wounded person. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, the... The man that married me and my husband, he was in it. So, oh, really? Yeah. Well, he good. had a few little snippets, you know, had to post those, lines. and he yeah. was famous. I'm sorry that we got <laughs> sidetracked on Matthew <laughs> McConaughey, but who wouldn't? You know, exactly. right? I mean, exactly. he's he's uh, he's a good actor. So, so go ahead. I'm sorry. Um, I graduated from there, and I did my bachelor's and master's here at Mississippi State in poultry science. Mm-hmm. Kind of just fell into that department. You know, I don't think many people grow up saying, I want to be a poultry scientist. <laughs> it's just not something at six years old you decide. <laughs> um, but I was lucky that I was given the opportunity. It's been great. Right. Um, but what six-year-old doesn't like a chicken? Exactly. I mean, come on. Exactly. Right. So, um But I finished that master's and got hired on in the poultry department in 2009. And I've been working with 4-H FFA Youth Project since then, um, along with other extension activities like backyard is particularly what I focus in. Mm -hmm. And then I teach some classes on campus as well. Sounds like you're really busy. I stay busy. Yeah. Yeah. And you just recently got your, finished your doctorate, right? I did. I finished my PhD this past May. So Mm. um, work, I'm sure, is not going to (laughs) change. but (laughs) May increase. But the title's different. Same (laughs) person, different title. Uh, Give give Kobe some advice as he is going through the... uh, yeah, you got any questions? The dissertation um, writing. Ugh. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I would suggest starting to figure out how to drink coffee, Kobe. Yeah, <laughs> a I, lot I of it. To, I need to do that. Copious <laughs> yeah. amounts of coffee. Yeah, black. Uh, cry, <laughs> cry every now and then. It, it helps. <laughs> well, that helps too. <laughs> yeah. So. If you don't cry, just use artificial tears. <laughs> yeah. It works. It's the same thing. Yeah. So. so. Deal. Yeah, it says that's a that's a big deal. And Kobe, I don't know if you know this or not, we are sitting in the room with a celebrity. Uh, oh, yeah. 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 She was not in any movies, I don't think, <laughs> but she just got an award. I did. Yeah. So, um a little bit 
of what I do in our department is student um, recruitment, and I do. I'm the undergraduate coordinator, so I work with our students a lot. So I was um, nominated and awarded a national recruitment award through Poultry Science Association. So, oh, very cool. Yeah, it was. A nice honor. I got to go to Canada and accept that award. So, did they say A up there? Yeah, they all spoke French, actually. Oh. Right. So it was it was a little cool. nerve wracking getting what off part the plane. Of uh, Montreal. Mon- yeah, I was going yeah. to say. Yeah. yeah, beautiful place though. Yeah. Oh, really I've great. heard it was. They all speak English. They just talk French to you until you go, "Uh, what'd you say?" <laughs> 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 and then they'll pick up in English. So. That's funny. Well, I went to Canada last year for the animal science meetings. We went to Vancouver, and it was perfect up there. Yes. Like, I love Canadian summers. Oh, I know. I don't think I'd want to be up there in the winter, though. Uh, yeah, I, I totally agree. It was like 75, even on their hot days while we were up there. So, I mean, sightseeing was beautiful, and but I agree. And I'm, mm. I'm not a snow, snow person at all. But um, you mentioned that, that you were um, – <laughs> That you do the recruiting. So I guess 4-H plays a pretty important role in that. It does. I have different um, things that I do in our department, but they really all kind of mesh into one. So with 4-H and FFA, it's a huge recruiting tool for us. Um, I also do a hatch-out program in elementary schools. And, you know, in all honesty, that's somewhat of a recruiting tool as well. Mm -hmm. Um, Even though those kids are in kindergarten, you know, we make that impact. You give them baby chicks, they get to see that live animal, and it's something that they remember from there on out. So right. when I do come into a school their junior year, they already have that trigger of, oh, I remember this activity. You know, this was really cool. So um, all of those youth development type things that we do, we can really use them as recruitment tools to kind of prove to students that, you know, poultry science degrees doesn't mean that you're going to be working in a chicken house. It's actually a wonderful industry and hugely supports our state. And, you know, the job opportunities are endless in what you can do with it. I I think that uh, one, and you kind of touched on something that I've always kind of thought or or not thought, but know that sometimes you feel like maybe what you're doing is not being effective as far as teaching mm-hmm. a young person, but there you make an impact in a young ter- on a young child's life, and obviously 4-H does this. They're they're providing experiences that they never forget. Right. So it, it doesn't matter what it is. Right. I mean, it's as long I as agree. you're doing that. You so. know, it's, it's not a fast turnaround. If I do a 4-H or FFA activity with a senior, I might see that student right. in a year. But with kindergarten, you know, you can't really turn that paperwork into upper admin and say, see, we're doing something, you know, look at the numbers. It takes a long time to see that develop. But it's definitely worth it. I I can remember as a a child, um, my granddad, who I was really close with, would let us pick out eggs in the Murray McMurray magazine. Oh, really? And, yeah, and we would hatch them. And, you know, I'd go through there and pick out colorful, pretty eggs. Well, sure. You know, we'd pick out turkeys, quail, ducks, oh. you know, mm. chickens, whatever. And um, we would hatch them out, keep them in the living room for a couple of weeks, and then he'd turn them loose. And, you know, I'm sure They'd half of them got eaten. <laughs> Coyotes, cats. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> But it was still like a really cool experience. I remember as a kid getting flashlights out and going hiding in a um, closet and looking at the eggs inside. And, you know, it was so when I did come into poultry science, it was like, oh, my gosh, I think I was geared for this from day one. You know, I didn't realize it. But um, so, it, you know, little things like that 
are are really important. In it's my favorite cities. thing that y'all do. Not the favorite, but it is my favorite. It's the candling. I love yeah. that. I think it's just the coolest oh, thing. Oh, no. Student, they're the little kids in kindergarten through third grade. I mean, they love yeah. you tap on that egg and the little embryo starts to move and they get so excited. It's so cute. And then if they start to pip, but they haven't actually broke oh, through the gosh. shell and you can hear them peeping, yeah. they think that's just the coolest thing in the world. So. That um, um, leads me to ask the question, what came first, chicken or the egg? You know, that's a very valid question. Oh, well, yeah, I know. So, we won't get into that. We'll say yet. that both came at the same time. If you had a grown chicken, there's probably oh, an egg inside of her. So. Hey, that is <laughs> true. That's pretty valid. Think about yeah. that. <laughs> so it's a draw. Yeah. But the chicken, we don't still don't know why the chicken crossed the road. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, that could be a lot of reasons. Yeah. So I, I used to work in the beef industry, you know, with uh, Extension and then with the cattlemen associations. And one thing I always had a challenge doing was making that connection from farm animal to a food product. Yes. Uh, and one of my, I, I guess, say favorite questions, but one question that I got from a kindergartner one time was a sweet little girl in Kentucky. She raised her hand and said, so when you get the hamburgers from the cow, does it hurt them? And it just baffled me that there's such a big disconnect between Mm -hmm. farm animals and food. How old was that child? She was in kindergarten. Oh, you said kindergarten. So I'm like, how do you combat that? Because I'm sure you get some of those questions when you go to a kindergarten class. I do, and I will say that when it comes to those questions, kindergarten and first graders are way better at the questions. I mean, they really do logically think through those processes and you can still kind of, you know, if I go into a senior class and I talk about slaughtering an animal and us eating it, they're all, ooh, yeah, you know. And when you talk to a kindergarten or first grader, they've just got that innocence to them that's like, well, we've got to eat. I understand this, you know. So it's actually a little easier to communicate with them you wouldn't think it but um you know that hatch out program that i mentioned is a lot it's an easy way to talk to them about that we bring live chicks we talk about how cute they are um but the fact that we need them to survive and they serve a purpose and um we go through the concept of you know I, i usually ask them how many of you like chicken nuggets and they all raise their hands everybody gets excited Um, and then we mentioned to him that chicken nuggets come from the chicken and that we have to slaughter this animal in order to utilize them, but we have processes and methods in place that make it safe and, um, less harmful for the, the animal. And, you know, honestly, I've never had kindergarten and first grade students that aren't receptive of that concept and understand it. There is a huge disconnect though. I will agree with that, Kobe, um, a lot of kids don't put the connection together, and it's never offered to them. I right. think a lot of us try to tread lightly with, with kids when in reality, when you're honest and truthful with them, you know, the, the benefit is there. It's, it's good for them. So um, being able to go into those classrooms with a program like the Hatch Out that's fun and educational at the same time helps to kind of dispel those myths but also allow them to see that process firsthand um, utilize that information in a positive way. Mm-hmm. So, and yeah. we don't do that education. Then they they are the adults that say, "Where right. do you get the milk from?" They say the grocery store. Right, exactly. exactly. Have no idea. Mm-hmm. You know, when that little girl asked me that question, it was around Thanksgiving time, and I played it off with the Pilgrims and the Indians in the Thanksgiving story about how the Indians taught the Pilgrims how to hunt, and you know, how do they get the turkey? Well, the 
the Indians showed them how to kill turkeys. Right. And like, what's the same purpose? They shot turkeys with bows and arrows, and we eat chicken today. Yeah. Right. Right. Don't and get to talking about turkeys. You'll get me all messed up. <laughs> we'll get I'm way already, off track. <laughs> I'm already in the spring all of a sudden. <laughs> no, go ahead. I'm sorry. So, no, it, it is. It's it's fun. Um, I get wild questions sometimes. Some of them throw me way off guard with those kids. But, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of them I'm, I'm sitting there just in amazement of how they really start to piece those puzzles right. together. And, you know, in all reality, I'm not just there teaching the students. A lot of times those parents and teachers that are in the room, too, have valid questions and a lot of questions that you wouldn't think that a, a, right. an adult would ask. But, right. you know, they just they're disconnected. Mm-hmm. You know, less than three percent of us actually have a connection with agriculture and mm-hmm. farms. So, you know, you got to think most of these people have never even seen a baby chick right. and experienced that. I think so. that that's so true. What you say is that connection between the 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 need or the the we have. Uh, well, I don't know how to say that. That disconnect, that gap needs to be closed mm-hmm. for sure because people and I've had people they're not they don't want to talk about it they know that chicken nuggets come from a chicken but they don't right. want to talk about it they don't want to know and right. you know I guess that's fine at least they know where it comes from right. where a lot of people don't but yeah I, w- I would say that generally when you have people that are very timid of the process if they have the opportunity to go in an actual processing plant and right. watch that process they come out with a way better knowledge and it's almost like wow that wasn't bad at all, right? You know, I, mm-hmm. so that understanding. A lot of it is just not knowing, right? And, and your head creates an image for you that exactly. really isn't the truth. And know? it's like riding a roller coaster. Right. It's normally worse. Mm-hmm. Than, right. I mean, you make it once so. you get on. It's like, wow, that <laughs> I was actually do that fun. Again. Yeah. Let's go to the chicken plant again. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Oh man, I've never been to one. I would love to go to one. It's, it's definitely something to see. It's so yeah. efficient and. I mean, you're just in amazement of how well it's operated and ran. And right. I mean, you're talking 150 birds a minute are coming out of that plant <laughs> process. You know, I, went, so I, went, I went to school many years ago, but I still remember that in animal science. They yeah. was quoting those numbers. Yeah. And I was like, you've got to be kidding me. <laughs> and I'm sitting here thinking, okay, how many have we yeah. gone through already? But yeah, yeah that's crazy. But we need it. There's a demand for chicken. Exactly. You know. And true. Mississippi ranks third or fourth in the nation? Yeah, we, um, I think we're fourth or fifth actually fourth now, fifth. I think. Okay. You know, mm. um, North Carolina has put in some plants. Sanderson Farms has started developing up there, so mm-hmm. they're on the map now. But it's number one for our state. It brings in about $3.5 billion for our state in wow. um, mm. income and whatnot. So Amazing. it's huge. And we do rank in the top five nationwide. Um, in the world, the U.S. is number one for broiler production so um people don't realize you know you can say you don't want it you don't like it but in reality the demand is there the demand is there Mm -hmm. and it's it's a way to feed the world you know i mean it's efficient it is um you know it's it's sustainable a Mm -hmm. lot of people don't match a commercial industry with sustainability but if you really think about it it's probably the most sustainable um, market we have. I had chicken last night in preparation for this interview. And it's good. Oh, it was fantastic. Yeah, it was wonderful. Goes with everything. What (laughs) other contests and activities do you help with? So we um, 
with 4-H and FFA, we have poultry judging, which those students will come to state competitions. They also have district competitions, and they judge market products as well as live birds. Um, those we base basically based off of industry standards so most people don't realize it but when you go buy those eggs or that meat in the grocery store there's actually a grade on them and that grade means something um you know if you go and see that grade a on the top of a carton that means that that's a a um good you know top egg whereas you'd have an a b c or no grade we don't actually buy b eggs or c eggs you know they go for other things but um we teach those youth what those grades mean and how to judge those products on um, that that factor to say whether it's a good egg, a bad egg, um, medium, mediocre egg, I guess. Um, and then also the quality of that bird. So in our industry, you know, I, I know a lot of people think we just hatch those eggs, put those birds in a house and see what we get in the end. Mm. We can't do that. You know, a processing plant can't run efficiently if those birds aren't uniform, um, if they're not grown to the best of their ability. We lose profit. So there's characteristics we can look for in young hens and in broilers that um, we could either cull that out so that genetic line doesn't move into future generations Um and we teach those kids how to look for that. Um, Pigmentation is an easy one to kind of use as an example. If a hen has really yellow legs, that means she's probably not laying those yellow le- yolks. So she doesn't really? lay as many eggs. Yeah. Wow. So she, did you know that, Cody? I did not. Yeah. <laughs> Just learn something every I day. I know. Right? She actually, the food she consumes has xanthophils in it, which is yellow pigment. And as she eats that, it turns her skin yellow. If she's laying eggs, she's utilizing that nutrient for that egg. Hmm. So it will pull that color out of her body. So I could actually walk through a, a hen house of egg layers, and I could tell you who's consuming feed and not giving me profit. And we would want to get rid of that bird because if I'm just feeding her and she's serving no purpose, you know, it's it's not useful for us. So they learn how to place those birds based on those characteristics. Wow. So it's it's not just a fun activity. It's actually something that we do utilize in the industry. And, and our students in college actually take the cor- those courses, and they compete, and they will utilize that once they go into the industry. Why, why do you think, or it seems to me there's a, uh, it, that there has been an increase, and maybe not, but it seems like it to me that there's been an increase in interest in uh, growing your own chickens, growing your own eggs at home. There has. And especially in our area, I know. for Right. Uh, why do you think that is? You know, I think this is just my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, You're entitled to yeah. it. This is free radio. I think so. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I think as Americans especially, but as a human population, we always want what we can't have. Mm. And, you know, when 90% of us lived on a farm, right. nobody wanted a spare chicken to play with, you know, because we were all doing it day in right. and day out. Right. And now that less than 3% of that population live on that farm, we want what we can't have. Right. We don't actually grow our food. So, you know what, I think I can, I, I want to take that opportunity. I want to try it out because I've never done it before. Mm-hmm. So I think that's a lot of where that boom comes from, um, you know, and Social media, too. We see a lot on social media. It has a huge impact, and a lot of that's in your face on, do we really know where our food comes from? Do you know what those sources are? Whether it's true or false, 
we we take it, we absorb it, and mm. I think that plays a part on people getting into that, you know, um, feel of wanting to grow their own and see if they can do it. And maybe it's, in fact, they, they want to know where they're, I mean, how their food's being handled, too. Right. I've heard that right. as a reason as well. Most of the time when they do get that flock of birds, they realize real quick that it's a lot more convenient to go back into the grocery <laughs> store. <laughs> I had an old uh, poultry science professor told me the same thing. Yeah. He said, don't worry with it. You're yeah. gonna, you know, it's a lot them. cheaper, too. Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. It is a very fun hobby, and, and right. chicken of all the livestock is probably the best to prove to a student or a child, you know, it's it's something that they can maintain on their own. Right. So it's a good one to use as a concept of you're not going to sink thousands of dollars into it. Right. It's going to be pretty cheap. You don't have to have a lot of land for it. And they're able to take care of that, you know, not knocking Kobe livestock over here with cattle and whatnot. But I'm not so sure I'd give my four-year-old a bucket and send them out into the pasture with bulls to feed. <laughs> right. I would probably give a four-year-old a bucket to go feed some chickens. Yeah, they're you know? pretty safe. Yeah. Until they get spurs on them, I guess you yeah. get roosters Yeah, or don't get me wrong. They can hurt you, but I don't think it's going to be as bad as some other livestock. So, you know, it's a, it's a good, fun project. Like, like I said, I don't think you're going to save money on it by right. doing it, but... Yeah. It does teach some really good qualities right. in, in youth. The educational value is there for sure. Right, right. Mm-hmm. So, But aside from that judging, um, we also have egg prep competition. So students come and give a 10-minute presentation. Those youth come up with some type of food product that they make, um, and it has to have egg in it. And mm-hmm. we get everything under the sun. You know, deviled eggs, we oh, get that. my favorite. Yes, mm-hmm. but some of them will even make cheesecake because it has egg in it. Well, you know, yeah, it just, so. it, it <laughs> has to. I'm starting to say, oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You'd be amazed at what you can make with some eggs. <laughs> yeah. So, but they come and do a demonstration and they talk um, about that product. Mm-hmm. And then they also do a taste test. So the judges will have a, you know, will have a panel of judges and right. they serve their product after their presentation. And um, whoever has the best product as far as flavor and presentation ends up winning that competition. So that's one that's really fun. And, you know, it, you don't have to necessarily get in there with live birds and whatnot. Right. You still get that process and then our main one that big one is the chain project oh i love this yeah. i love saying mm-hmm. chicken chain i saved it best for last <laughs> yes. right yes. um that poultry chain is uh really fun we do a- all ages so clover bud all the way up to that senior level four ager um they get chicks starting may 19th week every uh year and they usually we we tell them to order around 20 because mm-hmm. it gives you kind of a pull but and they go through that through you is that how they do that i mean through the yes, poultry science yes. they say, hey. um their county agent would have all of the information okay. and then obviously if they can't get what they need from that county office then they can always call us and we can answer questions mm-hmm. and you know whatnot so right. um any of those routes would work you know mm-hmm. we're probably going to direct them back to that county sure. office but um, we'll, we'll be glad to help. But those those kids get those 20 chicks or around 20. Obviously, if you have six kids, I don't expect you to buy six times 20. <laughs> That's a so, lot of chicken. Yeah. <laughs> so we don't make it mandatory, but right. it's just a suggestion. Um, but they're select breeds that they can choose from. They raise those birds for about 20 weeks, so they, they get them to basically sexual maturity. Mm-hmm. And then they bring them to the state fair, and they pick their top three to show. And, wow. 
Um, it's it's really been a pleasure to do that. We started that project about eight years ago, I mm-hmm. think, um, and it's been a lot of fun. It's really rewarding. We usually have a pretty large group of kids that compete. We do give out monetary awards for that, so our grand champion gets a thousand dollars. Makes it worth it, yeah. you know. <coughs> I'm yeah, sorry. you want to compete no, now, I'm, John? I'm going to sign my folks. Up. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> so, and then a reserve gets 500, and we we give um, money to first through fifth place as well. Mm-hmm. So, and then there's a category in that showmanship. Mm-hmm. So, I came up with the showmanship after our first year. I had a little girl that kind of pulled my heartstrings. She was um, about 10 years old. Came decked out, all the bells and whistles. Just so excited to be there. She lived with her grandmother. Her grandmother was a lot older, and you could tell they didn't have a whole lot. Mm-hmm. But, buddy, she was ready. She oh. was excited. But, you know, 85-year-old grandmother doesn't understand the concept of feeding a bag feed and it having a nutritional value and whatnot. So she was free-ranging some chickens and oh. telling her, have fun. Yeah. So, obviously, she didn't place. You know, her right. chickens weren't very good quality. But they... I opened the cage. They did, looked at me, jumped in my arms. You know, they weren't scared at all. You could tell the child had lived right. in that chicken pen. Right. So we de- we developed the showmanship category to where um, those students actually take that chicken and they show it. It has to walk across the table for them. They have to position it in different positions and, and kind of show that bird. So it doesn't really matter the quality of the bird, mm. but it proves that 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 kid took up time and effort right. with that animal. So it gives them the ability to place um, when maybe they don't have the means to place in other categories. Wow. So That's awesome. Yeah, and they get a monetary award as well. We place first and second for showmanship. So that, it is cool. really fun to watch these yeah. little kids make a chicken walk across the table too. <laughs> I was going to ask you. Yes. I'm not going to even go because my mind was thinking, okay, now how do you exactly show a chicken? <laughs> I know. So. It is, it's like any other animal. If you've ever seen kids show rabbits or sheep or anything. What do you do? Whistle and hold it in you, the air? You would be amazed. So they'll really? train them with treats. Yeah, like and, a dog. Yeah, just yeah. like a dog. And they'll pretty much put their fingers in front of their face and kind of snap, and that chicken will walk. You're and, kidding. Yeah, they'll I've got stop. The, I've got, have you seen this before? I, I've seen the afterwards of a chicken show, but I've never watched the children show their chickens. Yeah, it's it's pretty neat that to watch. So. Now, occasionally, now, when does this happen? Because I'm going to make plans. So we always are the second weekend of the state fair. We okay. generally have that show on that Friday before. It's worth coming. So it is it the, that's the Friday before 4-H day, I guess. That's right. Oh, it I'll is. be there. It is. Yeah, come oh, on I've over. got to see this, this well, yeah. chicken walking. We're usually thing. showing about five at a time from starting about 8, 830 until a lunch. Where, so. where is that located? Is it one of the barns? Um, so it's usually where your dairy show is going on in the arena. Yeah. We're okay. usually right outside of that. So. <laughs> the small arena. Yeah. <laughs> in the little yeah. small arena. Yeah. Yeah. Last year I walked through there after the show was over, and I tried to buy some chickens from a 4 H'er and she priced those three chickens to me for 75 bucks. <laughs> <laughs> hey, there's a lot of work that went That's into right. it. That's right. That's <laughs> right. Uh, if you like, want Fifi, you're going to have to pay for <laughs> exactly. it. <laughs> so we actually did do auctions uh, a couple years, but we kind of ran into that. A lot of those kids get attached, yeah. and they just really don't want to get rid Now of I'm excited just to see the yeah. little arena. I know. <laughs> It's it's a show that's worth coming to see. So. And it's all hens. We don't have roosters. We do all hens. So yeah. they don't get, if they want to buy a rooster, they can, but we don't 
do roosters. I kind of like to get that concept across that we don't need a rooster to get our eggs. Right. And, you know, they don't serve a purpose unless you want chicks more, off of them. Right, more It's chicks. just a headache. Yeah. They get aggressive. And, They're so pretty, you know, though. They are pretty. Mm. But, so, but <laughs> pretty when, annoying. When your four-year-old walks in and <laughs> yeah. they start attacking, <laughs> yeah. you know. Yeah, we don't want that to happen. So. So do y'all do anything with any other types of poultry with ducks or geese or turkeys? Um, turkeys. Yeah, turkeys. so as far as youth projects, we don't. Some other states do have turkey shows. You know, the turkey industry is non-existent in Mississippi. Where, so don't they have it in Arkansas? They do. I thought they, they did. Do. Mm-hmm. So neighboring states do have some turkeys. We just, we're too hot for turkeys here in Mississippi. Okay. Yeah, we're too hot for everything, yeah. really. But, for um, us. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but we don't. We don't really have a whole lot of turkeys. Now, if a backyard enthusiast had turkeys or ducks or geese or mm-hmm. whatever, then we're equipped to answer those questions and help them out right. as, as as best we can. But we don't have any projects that mm-hmm. focus around those other avian species. Gotcha. You just don't think about well, domestic turkeys, I guess. Yeah. The wild turkeys live out, and I guess they're tougher. Yeah, they're way different. Wait, wait, here we go. I'm getting <laughs> sidetracked again. We better bring us back John, around. John, if you've ever been around commercial turkeys, you would... <laughs> You'd know the difference. Yes. Like, yeah, I bet yeah. there is. There's, There's a big, big, difference. big difference. They're hard to raise, too. They're not as smart as chickens. Really? Yeah, you kind of... With a baby chick, you hatch it out and you put feed and water out, and they're good to go. Give mm-hmm. them some heat. But with a turkey, you generally they imprint on that mother, so you have to kind of feed and give them reasons to go to the water. And if you don't give them heat, they won't go and eat and drink. And wow, they're they're way more finicky mm-hmm. than than a chicken. Labor intensive. They yeah, are. Yeah. They yeah. are. Yeah. So sure didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah, when I grew up, we had some backyard chickens, and some of my fondest memories. Oh, I thought memories, you were about to say turkeys. No, <laughs> no. no I, my grandparents never let me get turkeys because they said they roost in trees and they'll poop on the car. And well, yeah, their yeah. poop is acidic and it'd make the car rust. Mm-hmm. That's true. Yeah, is that? Mm-hmm. So I, I mean, I'm asking. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, it is. Um, they basically excrete uric acid. Oh my! So God. they're they're not like us. They're um. There, it is pretty nasty, isn't it? and we've scored some more points yeah. on something I didn't yeah. know. That's yeah, crazy. Uric acid. Mm. So that was why I couldn't have turkeys. But we would always like we would sell chickens at the local trade day, mm-hmm. and we'd get up before dawn, go out there and check, catch the chickens while they were on the roost, and then like take them to trade day and peddle them all day. Oh, really? Yep. yep. Mm. My my wife won't let me have turkeys at the house. She says I gobble enough. So I, <laughs> I agree with yeah, her. Yeah, I, so they're a little bit obnoxious. They're yeah. not real bright, and they are a lot of maintenance. Yeah, they're a way bigger bird too. Everything after it, I'm sure. Yeah, you know, it's like yes. it's like chickens. For yeah, sure. I worked with them in my master's degree, and I, I had my fair share of turkeys. Ah, the lime yeah. that we worked. Well, that's with. a good good eating too. I'm saying it is uh, protein. Yes, uh, taste really good Tastes you know. mighty good that that would time. be one pro to having your own turkeys turkeys pretty expensive in the grocery oh, store you're not so. kidding you could you come out on top probably here? not probably You'd not. still have a lot of feed yeah. intake there but. you know my former boss in kentucky they had a little farm right outside lexington and his wife grew turkeys and mm-hmm. would sell them for 75 bucks a piece yes. processed yes. and at people the will pay market. it yeah People will definitely pay it. We do a fundraiser occasionally we have in the past with our club, 
and people don't bat an eye at fifty, sixty dollars for a, mm. a whole turkey. Wow. So I mean, especially if it's a fundraiser for well, yeah. somebody, sure. you know. But sure, sure. it's we've done that in the past with our club and I try to not mention it too often because I end up being the one that's processing right. all those turkeys and you process a couple of turkeys and you realize real quick it's not it's not fun. You do it with hot work. water. Do what? Do you do it with hot water? Yeah, we do yeah. use, well, we use our scalder and whatnot because we have our own processing plant. Wow. It's just that our our um, automation is set for chickens, right. so we can't hang turkeys in it. So as far as, like, the cut-up process, mm-hmm. um, everything past plucking, we have to do by hand. Oh. And, and even hanging a turkey, their wings, oh, yeah. I mean, if you're not careful, I, I could honestly see in them breaking arm on you if, if yeah. you let them get too crazy and start flocking around. I guarantee they will. I've yeah. got scars to prove it. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And you got to think your turkey that you're killing in the wild is not near the size. No, of the no, I know, I know. So, They're more ferocious. Yeah, those breeder turkeys can get up to 80, 90 pounds. You are so, kidding! Oh, wow, big. did you know that? Yeah. I did not know they were that yeah. large. I knew yeah. that the males were so big that they couldn't naturally service the hens. That's wow. Right. That's right. I'm just. This is yes, a Friday the, learning experience. I know the for commercial. Me. The commercial industry actually artificially inseminates on turkeys. Jeez, so, that is insane. Yeah. I did not know that. They don't have artificial insemination in our uh, in turkeys and chickens, so they can actually store sperm. So it, you don't have to do it every day. Is that an OO thinker? Do what? That, what's that called? And then oh, think no. What's that called when they can store that? Because I've heard of that. You know, I don't know what the term is. I'm sorry. I should. They have sperm tubules. I know yeah. that. Yeah. That's where that they is serve pretty it. neat. Mm-hmm. I yeah. think that. So they about, can be serviced once. Yeah. It's, it's about uh, it's a, a turkey can can store almost about two months, approximately two months. So and then a chicken is about two weeks. So, wow. That's yeah, you, you're not in there, but you know maybe once a month or something wow. like that. It's not an everyday chore. I'd love to see an 80 pound turkey coming through the woods just once. Oh my gosh! <laughs> Thinking look like a tank. Hunting season <laughs> would be over complete. <laughs> here you go. This yeah. is all the turkeys you get right here. Well, Jessica, we certainly appreciate you uh, coming in and, yes. and sitting down with us. It's been a lot I of fun. I enjoyed and, it. And, again, we've learned a lot. So, yeah. Kobe, you got any other questions for I just feel so educated. I, I do, too. It was a good yeah. Friday podcast. Good. Absolutely. Absolutely. Wow. Now, Jessica, uh, you've talked about a lot of projects and a lot of things for 4-Hers to be involved in. Where can they go and get more information on that? So um, all of your county offices are obviously going to have that information also you can visit our website poultry.msstate.edu um and even if you call our front office or anything if you mention youth you're going to end up getting in touch with me even if you don't remember a name um you don't know my face anything like that everyone in that department's going to funnel you to me so we can answer any questions and get you in touch with the right people in order to get active in those youth programs I, i mean I do it if I had I have kids, right? And none of them are old enough yet, but I'm sure they'll be in all of those poultry projects. Do you have chickens at your house? I do not. Anytime they want to see chickens, they can come up to work. <laughs> so, and I, eighty pound turkeys, that's apparently, right. <laughs> and they do. They get pretty aggravated when they come up to the building. And I don't have chicks. Right, they just right. don't understand yes, why on. there's not chicks. A big letdown. Yeah, it is. Come on, come so, on. So why did I come up here again? Yeah. Um, right. But we don't have chickens at home. You know, I work with them enough. It's it's kind of a biosecurity issue too with us having a farm, and yeah. I'm on that farm constantly. You right. know, I, I would hate to think that. 
my chickens gave some type of sickness to chickens that we're raising to right. research and sure. whatnot that sure. are worth tons of sure. money. That so. makes sense. I'm yeah. sorry. I didn't mean to throw a guilt trip on No, me. it's fine. Yeah. Right. My kids can get all the chickens they want there at you work. Go. You know, there they you can go. see them anytime they need to. So. Awesome. Awesome. Well, Kobe, uh, tell everybody where they can go uh, as far as on the Extension side, where they can go to get more information. So you can visit extension.msstate.edu or contact any of your local county offices. And we would love, if you're hearing this podcast, please subscribe and, uh, I guess, like whatever our podcast because we're going to keep bringing it to you uh, every week. So uh, just a little word, too, is if you're interested on when these podcasts drop, that's the official term, drop. <laughs> I uh, learned something today Yeah, now. there you go. There you go. They drop on every Wednesday. So just keep up uh, up to speed on that. And you can also go to the Extension uh, webpage and, and just type in 4H4U2, and you will uh, hear uh, us talking about a variety of subjects. So with that, we're going to close out this podcast, and thanks for listening. Thanks for joining us for 4H4U2. For more information, please visit extension.msstate.edu and be sure to subscribe to our podcast. 4H4U2 is produced by the Mississippi State University Extension Service, Office of Agricultural Communications.